Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning and welcome to episode 320 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It is opening day at Santa Anita. Let's go. One of my favorite cards of the year. Thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Hit the notification bell so you know when new content will arrive. And smash, I mean smash that like button below the video player. Plus, I'd love to hear your comments below the video player as well if you watch this later as a replay or listen on our wonderful platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, you can follow me on X at H Kravitz on the bottom of the screen. Scrolling also my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Power pick tip sheet. Look below the video player for information about the power pick tip sheet. You only have this week only to subscribe for 2024 at a yearly rate, which means one free month plus Kentucky Derby information. Again, go to Patreon, look below the video player. This is the last week, folks, where you can sign up for a yearly subscription for the whole year and save some money. You can go to our website also, hhhracingpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram with our scheduled shows up there. Speaking of scheduled shows, tomorrow night, Betting and Boozing, and then Thursday, special show for Gulfstream this Saturday, Pegasus Preview Day with Brian Nadow, fantastic handicapper and analyst from Gulfstream Park, and yours truly will be live in Florida, in the hotel, as I'm traveling tomorrow down to the Miami area for a quick four-day vacation, and I will be at Gulfstream every day, and the Saturday card is absolutely outstanding. Before we get to that, we have to talk about today's card at Santa Anita. It's simply one of my favorite cards of the year, featured by the grade one Malibu, many other stakes. We're going to be looking at eight races, ladies and gentlemen, eight. So we're going to go quickly through the first three, all graded stakes, and then we'll talk about the late pick five. We got a lot of people watching. Let's very quickly bring up some comments before I bring on my great Coast. We got Robbie Courtney from Texas. Robbie is here. Hello, uh, Robbie. We've got Katie is here. Uh, we have Michael Austin from California. I know Michael's going to be highly interested in this card today. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Gary's going to be there also. Gary Caloroso is going to San Anita. Man, I've been there before for opening day. I'm not obviously there uh, this year, but it's going to be awesome. I wish I was there. Horsey Dave. Uh, who is going to also from Santa Anita and Horsey Dave? I will see you at Gulfstream apparently this weekend. Excited to see you as well. Look who's here. Patrick Kunzel is also here to pay attention from the Ben and Boozen show. Late happy birthday to Patrick, whose birthday was uh Sunday. All right, let's get into a smoggy froggy is here. Let's bring on some very important people to help us out with the car today at Santa Anita. First, from the East Coast of Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Howard. And guys, welcome to opening day at San Anita. How are we doing? What's going on? 
<laughs> Going to be gambling on a Tuesday. How do you think we're doing? Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> ah, it's it's beautiful, guys. Hope you had a nice Christmas. I hope everyone out there had a very merry Christmas to you with uh, your family and friends. And Pete, I know you got a birthday coming up on Thursday, so early happy birthday to you. Thank Pete. you. Joining us Thursday, obviously for for very good reasons, but I'm sure you got some big plans on Thursday. Yeah, nothing big. Just family dinner stuff like that. Hopefully, open some good presents. We will see. You know, I, I, anything that celebrates me is a great day in my book. Oh, for sure. And I'm sure you you, you don't get screwed, right? Like you know, Patrick. I talked to Patrick about the old birthday by near Christmas kind of thing. They do as, as a kid. Right? As a kid, we used. As a kid, it used. To, I'm sure Patrick feels this, where somebody give you the <clears> present. <throat> oh, this is for Christmas and your birthday, and you just want to say, you know, go screw yourself. But <laughs> not anymore. Not not anymore because now my wife knows better. She knows I. She knows I would not be a happy camper if that was the case. There we go. There we go. All right, guys. Well, luck. Let, let's get right into it. We got a lot of races to cover. We're going to cover races three, five, and six. Very quickly, guys, I'm not even going to show the PPs for those races. Those are stake races outside of the pick five, and then we'll focus on the pick five. So let me go ahead and take off our banner. Again, appreciate a lot of people watching. We want to have a lot of comments in the chat. And I also found out, Pete, I don't know if you saw this through uh, um, through StreamYard, but if you're watching this on YouTube, if you can place comments in the YouTube channel and they will show up on our comments, Pete and Paul. So that's a pretty cool feature that's new with StreamYard. So again, if you're watching this Ooh. through YouTube, you can actually comment below, you know, in the comment section of YouTube for this video, and it will show up through our comments, supposedly, guys. That's what I heard. So again, we got a lot of people listening and watching. We got a huge audience. Are you guys ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Let's do it. Race three is going to start. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. You know, what? I forgot to scroll. I forgot to do a scroll. So let me save that here. Okay, now we're scrolling. Let me show up the uh, entries here very quickly for the race three coming up right now. Here we go. There we go. Race three. This is the San Gabriel Stakes. It's grade two. It's a mile and eighth on the turf, $200,000. Always a very nice race every year. You see this is a field of only six this year. More line favorite number two, Easter for D'Amato and Fresu used to be with Chad Brown, one big last time. Uh, Paul and I are going with the two. Pete, you're going to go with the four, miss the cut for Sadler and Ortiz. Yeah, you know, I, I wound up having a lot of a lot of chalky picks today. So I was like, well, one of these chalks I wouldn't mind up beating. And I thought miss the cut at least, if, if nothing else. I mean, it's getting back on the turf, which he hasn't shown, he hasn't had the opportunity to show as much since he's been in the U.S. But I thought even the one race at Del Mar, I mean, those were good horses. You're talking about Gold Phoenix, 911 Turbo. I thought those are better horses than I think are in this field. So I thought he ran a good race there, picks up Irad. I like the fact that obviously this horse has run a mile and three eighths, a mile and a half. So the mile and an eighth is going to be no trouble at all. I figure, hey, let's take a shot if we can beat if we can beat a little chalky horse early in the card, let's try and do it. Uh, and speaking of chalk, Paul, there's going to be a pretty heavy chalk here in Easter, who I've always been a bit of a fan of, but I thought it was a little disappointing, frankly, for Chad. But whatever, whatever's in the D'Amato barn, I'll tell you what, this horse was really impressive last time, beating Hong Kong Harry, who's a superstar out west, has been working well 8-5. to five. I'm going with Easter also. 
Yeah, formerly with Gray of Motion. I hate to correct oh, the teacher, but you know that's why I'm here. I don't. I don't uh, think you hate to do that anyway. By the way, Paul. well, I, I know, think you enjoy try, it. Actually. It's it's Christmas, Pete. I'm trying to be though. polite. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to uh, not complicate this race. You know, this one has been very consistent, but really put it together the last two. He's run in the U.S. ten times. Nine of them were good races. The only real stinker was the dinner party on Preakness Day at Pimlico this year. It's kind of a no-show. But the rest of them, and, and and even when you look at the buyers, you know, all in that, you know, low to mid-90s and then jumps up to la- 96 and then 99 last time. So I, I just think this horse is in form. It's third off the layoff. It's second for D'Amato. Uh, the horse is two for two since going west, and we know very well that horses, turf horses who go east to west typically do well. So I, I would be, if I play the early pick five, which I likely will, uh, this horse will be a stone-cold single, as they say in the business. Uh, Paul Conlon is in the Dakotas, and they're getting some really bad weather. He's in the middle of an ice storm. He's got no power, no heat. But he's got his phone plugged in so he can listen to our podcast. That's how you do it, Paul. There you go. Spare no expense. Paul, stay safe out there. I know the weather in the Dakotas is a little bit shaky. Guys, I am going to Easter, but I just want to mention uh, Tio Magico, who's the only early speed in this race. Uh, He's the other D'Amato. And he's been working lights out, guys, with B+. I've actually got the workout report here on my phone. So I have some information you guys probably don't have. He's been getting B-plus workouts. He looks like he's lone speed. I think Tio Magico is very dangerous in this spot, but I am going to go with Easter on top. I don't see anything else, frankly, other than uh, 2-5, although I respect your pick, Pete, with Miss the Cut. I'm just not so sure that he's better than the other two. Let's go to the next race, guys, as I'm scrolling down. Race five is the next race we're going to talk about. Again, the first three races here, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to show the PPs, and then we're going to deep dive in to late pick five. Let me go ahead and switch the banner <coughs> right now here in just a second. Actually, I'll be doing that in just a minute. Race five is the grade one. There are a few grade ones on the card. This is the grade one American Oaks. It is $300,000. They're going down the hill uh, originally, you know, at first. It's a mile and a quarter. This is for a restricted three-year-old. It's always a nice race. It's a field of seven. The Moyne Line favorite is the number two Anaset for one of two for Leonard Powell. Rispoli, eight to five. You see our picks on the screen. Only one of us are going with that horse. And guys, I also want to mention very quickly, and Paul, you could probably speak to this as well. The field size are a little bit small, guys, there today. There were some travel issues, not with weather, but Paul, as you know, Tex Sutton, who used to be a carrier for a lot of horses, got a business. And horses now have to ship through FedEx and other ways. And uh, no, no surprise, Paul, I hear FedEx is a little busy this time of year. And unfortunately, yeah. some horses were not able to travel out west with his card. And the ones that did had to van, like Damon's Mound, we'll talk about later, van more than 24 hours all the way from the Midwest. It's a damn shame, Paul, that we can't get Tech Sutton back or get bigger fields for this day. Yeah, some little kid in Iowa has got to get a stuffed teddy bear and we can't get a grade one horse to California. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with this? Okay, screw the little kid in Iowa, leave the teddy wow. bear home and ship the horses. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did I did hear that. Um, and that's too bad because 
hopefully, uh, uh, Junior Alvarado did not have to drive from New York or Florida. He is on Damon's mound. Junior has, I think, four mounts on the card out there. But, yeah. uh, but you know, as we say, though, in this race, Paul, you're going to be your best. I am going to be your best. I, I am um, kind of Pete's thinking on the last race. In a set, looks uh, formidable. Um, I, I just think that uh, I'm throwing out uh, the last race, the Twilight Derby, which of course we saw as the one of the prelims on uh, Breeders' Cup Day. Um, this horse did run and lose to Anaset, so hence the difference in price. But, you know, Irad stays from the last race. Uh, the Paz doesn't run much out here, so uh, obviously thinks there's a reason. It was, there was a reason to have this horse out there. And, um, you know, Anaset, while very, very tough, has lost two in a row. So I'm going to take, try to get a little bit of a price in this race with be your best. Uh, Pete, you're going with Anna said, like I said, one or two for Powell. She's just really consistent mile and a quarter. Um, I suppose it's a question for some of these. Uh, I always felt Anna said a little better of it, like a closing, like a mile and a mile 16th. Personally, it's part of the reason why I don't have her on top, but she's very talented and obviously is the horse to beat here. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's tough because you well, if you look at the last two, so two back, you lose to Didia going a mile and a quarter, but it's a respectable race against a really good horse. And I think yeah. Didia would be probably better than and favored in this field, most likely at her best. And then in that last one, Ruby Nell just got away. And it was one of those weird races where the horse opened up by way too many lengths and it was just sort of over from there. Before that, this horse just doesn't do much wrong. She always gives you a run. I guess that's why she's the eight to five favorite. So again, in a race where I'm a little lukewarm on most of the field where there's questions, I did see somebody mention in the chat and Howard, you're going to get it where a speed horse can get away. And I think that's the way you beat Anazette. But I think, yeah, yeah, there you go. Mike said Michael it. Austin. Michael said it in the chat. And I'm sure when you talk about your pick, that's where you're going to, where you're going to wind up going. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Musical mischief has some turf breeding, and again, this is a, this is a a speed play for me here. I just think similar to Tio Magico. I just don't see a lot of speed. The rails are down, obviously, which in theory will help closers, but we'll see. Um, musical ma uh, musical mischief could be loose. I like Flavian McCarthy, Anaset again, the horse to beat. But uh, I think it's mainly those two. I'm sort of curious to see what the Tory does with the rail horse. I'm not sure how good she is, but I'm sort of curious to see how that horse runs. But to me, it's just two seven. And again, information for you guys, you probably don't have B your best has gotten B minus and then C plus workouts, Paul, I guess that might mean nothing. I don't know. Just food for thought while musical mischief is being solid B workouts again, turf, you know, workouts for turf horses. I don't always take that seriously, but it is just something to consider. I'm very interested in musical mischief. I agree with Michael Austin. I'm going seven, two, one. Let's go to the next race, guys. So I flip over. And again, this is the last race that we're just going to sort of, uh, you know, brush over or touch on briefly. There's our picks on the, whoops, I got to, I, I didn't have the ticker set up for this, guys. Let me, let me do this and let me do this. Sorry about that. It's the last one that we'll be good with. There's our ticker right there. And let's go to race six. Guys, this race is usually you know, pretty good field. This, this year, <coughs> San Antonio is yeah, nothing, not real good. I, I sort of agree with you, Pete, but it's a grade two uh, for older horses. They're going a mile and a, excuse me, a mile and 16th, three-year-old and up. It's only a field 
of six. And you've got a very interesting Moorline favorite. And I've got some information on this horse. The Moorline favorite is the five sub Sanador, an Argentine bred, first time in this country for Sadler and Flavian, is nine to five morning line. You look at Pete and Paul, they are completely tossing out the morning line favorite, which I understand because this is a mystery horse who's coming in from Argentina, but is getting a lot of love in the morning line. Pete, let's go to you first. You're going with the Calbred. Number three, Brickyard Ride, who uh, is very, is that right, Pete? No, yes, yeah, yeah. Just I was just, your head. Okay. I'm going to tell at... you why in a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's got to be a comment. But anyway, Pete's going with Brickyard Ride, who is a very fast California bred, taking the blinkers off, one of the longest prices in this field, Pete. Yeah, I, I did not like – I well, not that I didn't like the field. I think it's a pretty even race. I just didn't – nobody jumped out. I thought everyone had their own questions to deal with. And in the end, I in my mind, was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot with some speed when there isn't a ton of speed where – I guess it depends on what Stiletto Boy maybe does from the rail. But if Brickyard Ride can just get out. And, and again, Brickyard Ride is generally sprinting, so who knows if it'll translate. But the the yeah. race three back in the San Diego going the mile in the 16th, I thought was encouraging because I think Senor Buscador and, and Slowdown Andy are much better than anyone in this field, except maybe Stiletto Boy when he's at his best. The blinkers come off, which is a, is a weird little thing for, for a speed horse, but I figure I'm going to take a price where I, I don't necessarily love the favorite, the one horse who I'm sure we'll talk about, has its own questions in terms of whether he's just in his form salesman. I didn't love. I'm like, I like new Grange a bit, but don't trust the horse. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go with speed and, and see if we can, and if Humberto can hold on and, and take them all the way around. Yeah, I get it. Brickyard ride. Again, this is just food for thought. People, you can take this for worth dear off workout reports. Last two have been C plus and B minus. And apparently with the blinks off in the morning, Pete still has not settled this horse down. This horse just a just a runoff and sometimes can run some big races. Paul, you're going with the four Newgrange, D'Amato, Ortiz in the ride all day at San Nita today. Yeah, I like Brickyard Ride, kind of a horse for course, three for five. Um, yeah, I didn't know what to do with the five. Uh, you know, again, I'll tell you one thing. At nine to five, aren't you supposed to try to beat the five? And, and if he beats you, you applaud in Spanish. That congratulate him in Spanish. Um, ole, you know, ole. Five, the the horse has lost. Um, the horse has lost twice. Uh, I mean, five times, twice off layoffs. His, uh, his career debut, ostensibly off a layoff, and then uh, last December, last year at this time. Although that was a turf race, you know. Again, uh, you know, John White knows what he's doing, so he's obviously expecting this horse to take action. Um, I guess in a pick five sequence, uh, which fortunately this race is not, uh, I would play him defensively, but in the body of the race, yeah, I'll, I'll try to beat him. Um, I think new Grange, uh, is kind of an all or nothing horse. You look at the, uh, his stats, he wins five and no seconds does have four thirds. Uh, this horse was a Baffert horse, went to D'Amato, um, I think this horse is is got some decent talent, like Santa Anita, and um, I don't hate Pete's pick either. I've been a big Brickyard Ride fan. I know 
He does not appear to be in form, but 10 for 15 in Santa Anita, 13 for 15 on the board. And last point, Howard, and, and I am a big, big fan of the DRF workout reports, as you know. But if you're playing Santa Anita, you may want to look at Andy Harrington as well because clearly the no. best workout re- – and that's no disrespect to DRF. I think no. those guys are great, but Andy Harrington is kind of in a class by himself on West Coast workout. I actually report. agree with you. I think Andy Harrington does have mm-hmm. the best clock reports. Bruno's got some good clock reports as well. Guys, let me give everyone out there some information on Subsanador. And Michael Lawson in the chat already touched on it. Guys, I – you know I deep dive and do my homework. Subsanador um, was a very nice horse in South America. Let's talk about what he's done here since. He's actually been here quite a while. Um, Sadler has taken over the training of this horse, and I think this horse is very well meant. He has the, his last three works, guys, B plus and then two A minuses, and you almost never see A minuses in the workout report. And I'm like, you know what? I got to see if I can watch these, support, uh, these workouts. Guys, I did. I went to XBTV, and I watched all three workouts. This horse is going to be about mid-pack. He's not like a major speed horse, guys. Based on what I've seen, he's going to sit off the speed. He has got a serious closing kick, and I think he's going to blow by this field late. I really do. I think this is a nice horse. Newgrange, I looked at carefully because he's three for five, right, guys? He's three for five at Santa Anita. I've had enough of this horse. He's just, he's not as good lately. I don't think Brickyard Ride gets the distance. Stiletto Boy to me is by far the other one that could fire. Ed Moger said that Stiletto Boy was a little bit tired. They traveled him a lot throughout the country. He's now been rested up. He's been working well. He's based at Golden Gate, so I don't really worry about, you know, the fact he's working over synthetic. To me, it's 1-5. I'm completely against Brickyard Ride and New Grange. And salesmen, guys, don't sleep on this horse. Paul, we saw this horse win big at Breeders' Cup weekend. I know it was a mile in, what, three quarters. I don't know, you know, how good he is, but he is sort of the up-and-coming horse to me. I just had enough of Brickyard Ride at Newgrange. Again, full respect to your guys' picks. I think Substantador is going to blow by this field late. I think this is a serious horse based on workouts. We're going to see, because if he wins well, guys, this is a serious handicap horse for 2024 and one to look out for, including maybe, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but maybe Breeders' Cup Classic material because it is in California. We'll see how good he is. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Any final thoughts, guys? It's a pretty open race if you don't believe in Substantador, either one of you. Yeah, no, I mean, you'd love to see that horse come here and and, and be great because the handicap division is going to need a little yep. bit of punch to it this year because we don't we don't have a ton going into the year. So I, I actually hope you're right because I don't. This isn't a race I'd be all excited about betting anyway. This would be maybe yeah. just more of a watch. And again, like you said, Paul, it's not in the it's not in the sequence, so that's good unless you're playing the just the kicks off the pick six, right? This one. So if you're playing yeah, the pick does. six, you got to come up with something. But other than that. You can you can just watch and see what happens. Yeah, Stiletto Boy is just it's so hard off those two miserable. I mean, one was Vandoff and one was just yeah. miserable. And even with the works, it's just it's just tough. But I think on class, that's a that's a quality horse. And if you can get a price on him against this field, in theory, he's he's just pretty talented compared to the rest of them. All right, guys, let's get into the pick five. We have a ton of people watching. Wow, we have hundreds, hundreds of people watching. Thank you very much for watching the HHH racing podcast i'm here with co-host pete visco and paul Howard, and we are covering 
the fantastic opening day card at Sanita. Please make sure if you're new to the show, smash that subscribe button, the bottom right hand side of the screen, and hit the notification bell and the like button as well. And look below our video player for all information about our power picks tip sheet. All right, guys, let's get into the late pick five right now. Here we go. The late pick five starts at two o'clock local time, five o'clock Eastern. It starts with a race that is not a stake race. It's an allowance race. But you know what, guys? We're going down the hill. I love the down the hill races. Six and a half. It's an allowance race. Uh, you can see the field of 10. Very nice field there. The morning line favorite is the number seven, Booksmart. A fast Cal bred for Hess and Maldonado. Now, guys, if you find out about scratches, let me know. I don't think we have scratches in yet officially, although someone said there's a scratch already. Maybe that was an early morning scratch. Um, but if scratches come in, uh, anyone in the chat, please let us know. Let me go ahead and bring up the banners and our picks to open up the pick five. There they are at the bottom of the screen. Pete and I are going with the seven. Paul is going with the five. Paul, let's start with you. You're going to go with number five, Hawker for Sadler and J.J. Hernandez. Yeah, I I'm really glad this is the first race of the sequence, Howard, because I'll then have the option of playing the pick four. Uh, when I in invariably get knocked out. This is a tough race, and uh, I, I thought Hawker had some value. Um, I almost picked a six with Detori. Detori is very good everywhere, but it's proven to be especially good down the hill. But the, the, the horse is a little camera shy. Kristen Mulhall sauce King Apollo, so I placed that horse second. Um, you know, Hawker is, is coming off to not – rousing efforts. I do like cutbacks going down the hill. He's cutting back from a mile and a 16th. Has one on the Santa Rita turf course, um, but it's it's about as tepid a pick as, as I could offer. I, I was uh, I liked the the price in, in what I think is a wide open race. I do like the turn back, and it feels uh, Pete, you don't have this one anywhere. I've got him third, Paul. It feels like Paul, this is one of the few that can actually take a step forward. He's only three years old, costs six seventy-five. Uh, I don't know if there's enough early speed to set it up. And the numbers look a little bit light. I have a feeling this horse could take a step forward though, Paul. I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that uh, Juan Hernandez gets on as well, the top California based jockey. Although if I guess if we count Frankie now as a California based jockey, that would no longer be the case. But Hernandez certainly has been outstanding out there the last few years. Um, you know, and then you got uh, what I think is as good a turf rider as there is around, Flavian Pratt on the four, who, who, who I also have in the mix. But uh, wide open race. Uh, you guys could talk about the seven. I, I didn't use a seven. The seven is obviously very formidable. Four in a row with a 99 buyer. So, you know, what do I know? The four <laughs> has time for him. Again, I'm looking at this a lot more, Pete. He's The four's got time forms of 101 and 107, but the buyers are in the mid-80s. But the five has got time form ratings just as good as the four, but lower buyers. So, again, Pete, we've talked about these speed rating issues. If you believe in time form or buyers, they, they sort of disagree with Hawker, but they don't really disagree – with the four. So um, I don't know, maybe someone's going to have a beef with the four. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's interesting, right. Pete, right? I mean, what do you do with the five? Is he really well, as good as the four? Not by the buyers, but by time for him, he is. Well, and that's why figures are, figures are tough and they're more of a, a guideline than anything, yeah. but you have to look at 
I guess it depends on what you could. Some people just like one figure more than the other, and they're going to lean on those. I sort of do it like you were just talking about where do I see differences or do I see similarities where, like you just said, maybe a horse who people always generally lean, they generally lean on the buyer. Maybe there's a horse who looks closer and it's just stuff that they did stuff that buyer doesn't take into account or the race was went in a way where buyer doesn't take into account. So it looks a little bit different. So I think it's a useful tool to look at it that way. What's also useful, Pete, uh, is to look at the time form, uh, you know, a pace set up here on the right, which everyone sees. They have yes. the seven. Now it does not say a slow pace, but it does say seven with a pretty clear early lead. And I will show out of respect to Craig Mulkowski and time form does a great job in the finishing positions. They have seven, four, six. Again, that's just time forms opinion, which is based on their speed rating, but also pace projector as well. So they're going seven, four, six Pete. I don't know if the seven is to get the distance. It's my only concern because um, he's been going what six and then five, but he just looks loose. He's in great form. I mean, I, it looks like he's just going to wire the field if he breaks. If he gets the distance, he's definitely wiring this field. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's it's tough because the, the horse was obviously pretty good before the claim and had you know two pretty pretty easy wins before the claim. Then gets the claim, moves to Hess. Just from a speed figure, just from a buyer standpoint, makes that nice jump to back. But again, what we were talking about from a time form standpoint wasn't so good, was actually more in line with what he had been doing prior. And then that last one, both just, you know, put this horse back on the turf where he had run before, but not very successfully, and now takes a huge jump up, buyer top, time form top, whatever you want to use. And again, if you looked at when you were showing time form from a speed standpoint, this one has an early pace of 126. I think the next the next highest is maybe 98. So just from yeah. if you're using that as a guideline as well, this one just maybe could just get away. And if the horse gets away, it's not like he's going from six to a mile and an eighth. I mean, it is still just six to six and right. a half, even though six and a half plays maybe a little long here. It, it's not a huge discrepancy and has won going six and a half before. Yeah, he has gone the distance before. And actually, I think it plays shorter because it's downhill, just my personal opinion. If there was other speed in this race, Pete, I'd be totally against this horse. Like, if this horse is going to be pushed early. That's what I think. Sometimes paper, it's just Pete, pace advantage. Yeah, it's just pace advantage. On paper, it just doesn't look that way, though, right? It just doesn't no, look No, no. That's that. I mean, some. I, I get sucked into not following that sometimes where I don't account for a clear pace advantage and yeah. you know i get i try <laughs> like and i try and stop my yeah i mean it, well in new york you never know who the hell's getting you know the wrong horse gets the pace advantage and just runs around the track there so who who knows i mean again it's a really hard horse just on form to leave off because he just doesn't seem to do anything wrong anymore so why not we got hey, doesn't the two isn't how it isn't the two supposed to go coming off a thousand yard race and a five and a half furlong race and the 10 stuck outside uh, shows some speed. Uh, I don't think this this seven is walking to a lead with a pina colada in his hand so easily like you guys do. I, I, I think the two more than the 10, but according to the time form, Paul, and that's just what I'm going by, the time form rating on the two early is 98 compared to 127. I mean, that is light years apart. So the two looks quick on paper, but... Not according to the ratings, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Michael Austin's chucking the seven. Look, I get it. I'm not, like, singling him or anything. I think he's vulnerable 
if he gets pushed. I think the first, similar to Sibelius, and by the way, good Paul, good call, Paul on Sibelius last week. Uh, Gilmore did run well though in the Gulfstream race. But anyway, I said in the first five seconds, we're gonna know what's gonna happen. I feel the same way here. If seven gets loose, Pete and Paul, I think he's a winner. If he gets pushed, I don't trust him at all. So I'm definitely gonna use. Uh, others and by the way, Tom Espinosa is here. Tom has a beef with my joke. <laughs> good call, good call, Tom. By the way, speaking of beef, his 49ers last night, oof, boy, they took it up the giggy. Baltimore looked like a Super Bowl champion last night. That didn't help my particular play that I made, but wow. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, Tom, with uh, with your 49ers. Hopefully, they'll bounce back. Oh, right, his, his beloved and his beloved Warriors got beat in the afternoon too, I'd like Ooh, to say. Ouch. As as the Celtics went west and drubbed the Lakers, which was a what a Christmas gift. Seeing the Celtics <laughs> win and LeBron James lose. Talk about Christmas <laughs> coming in the late afternoon. Sounds like a true we know we joke with Noah Maher, our co-host on Ben Boozen, West Coast Bias. There shows the East Coast bias, the Northeast bias from his beloved Celtics for Paul Howard. All right, guys, let's move on, guys. Next race, race eight. This is what most people consider the feature of the day. It's the grade one Malibu. Every year, it's always a fantastic race. We have seen superstars win this race year after year. This is seven furlongs, $300,000. It's restricted for the three-year-old boys. And Bob Baffert is coming full force in this race, Baffert has three in here. The number two, Fort Bragg, Speedboat Beach, who we saw in the Breeders' Cup uh, sprint, and Hajazi, a New York bred who cost a zillion dollars. The Moyline favorite is Speedboat Beach. He's actually a Florida bred, again, coming off of the Breeders' Cup sprint, where he ran pretty well against two just better horses in Elite Power and Gunite. Let's see who we are going with, gentlemen. There it is at the bottom of the screen. Paul and Pete are going with the number two, Fort Bragg, a horse I've chased a bunch of times over the summer, and I'm going with another Baffert, Hijazi. None of us, guys, none of us are going with Speedboat Beach. Let's hear first from Pete. Pete, you're going with Fort Bragg. Ortiz has the mountain here. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I really like Speedboat Beach as a horse, and I, I actually hope if I was just rooting and, and it had nothing to do with gambling, I would want Speedboat Beach to sort of run away and win this race because I think he has a ton of upside and a ton of talent, not like some of the others don't, but I just think he's a he's a high-quality horse. Fort Bragg, I just think, you know, I, I like this one. It seems to be best going sort of one turn on a fast track, and that's what we're going to get today. So if you, if you boil it down to something as simple as that, Picks up Irad, who I think will work with this horse because this horse is tactical, can sit just off. So I think Irad can sort of time himself based on what Speedboat Beach does up front, what other speed goes out up front, if at all. So I, I like I think Fort Bragg at his best can beat this field. He's just had, you know, when he's when it's on and off track, if you see two and three back, he just wasn't at his best and it was a little bit wet. He didn't seem to like it. You put this horse on a fast track, you put him at one turn, you give him a little bit of a target, I think he might be okay. He was really good in Dwyer running down Saudi Crown in an absolute throwdown yeah. at Belmont on faster. And let's let's look at the pace projector because this is huge, right? Because this is going to be very interesting to see what happens with all these Bafferts. Now, the time for the pace projector has got a fast pace. I don't think any of us are surprised by that, guys. And they've got Damon's mound actually out kicking the Bafferts early 
with uh, Speedboat Beach and the six, who's another bit of a, a price uh, in this race. But they do have a fast pace, Pete. Do you think Damon's Mountain can actually clear? Because that's what time form says. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess it also, because, I mean, he's been a part of, if you look at his PPs, he's been a part of and where he's been close to or right on some pretty hot paces. So we know, yeah, if you if you scroll down, if you look three back there, he was sitting just off. He didn't necessarily clear, but he was sitting off of pretty, pretty hot pace there. In the last race, he was in the midst of a pretty hot pace. So when he wants to go, he can go. I get a little puzzled because I think Speedboat Beach is best just going and trying to run them off their feet. But if Damon if Damon's Mound does come from the outside and tries to tries to push the Speedboat Beach a bit, then Pratt's going to have to make a decision. Do I go and maybe use my best weapon, which might be speed, or do I let him go and think I'm better than him and can sit off like he did maybe sort of two back and three back? Guys, this horse is having the lead, right? I just, I cannot see Damon's Mound having the lead over this horse, Paul. I just don't see it. And Paul, you're also going with Fort Bragg. I don't, I think the reason why I, I, I'm showing a little bias. I've chased Fort Bragg a little bit. He's been disappointing. Pete, you do make a good point with the surface. Maybe he just wants fast dirt. And I think Irad's going to set a great trip off the speed. So Fort Bragg is a very strong second choice for me. And that is your top choice also, Paul. He is. Um, I will tell you one thing, though. I would love to see Damon's Mound. With, I mean, regardless of whom I bet, I will be rooting for Damon's Mound with both hands, both feet. Um, I like Michelle Lovell. I love Junior. I'll tell you one thing. If the time form is correct, you better use this horse. This horse is a tough customer. Okay, this horse is not going to chuck it in. Now, I like you, Howard. I question the five getting to an easy lead with the three in the race. And, and I actually think the three might be one of those horses uh, similar to Gunite, who's a speed horse who might actually be better at seven than six gets to extend a little bit on the lead. But um, I will tell you one thing, if, if that circumstance, the time form projects occurs, this, you, you, the five, they better do some running. Uh, now, you know, now Baffett's got three. So you figure they're not going to beat the hell out of each other. And, uh, you know, Hazaji also uh, has speed and gets to sit outside of uh, all the horses we just mentioned, which is where you want to be. So um, or, or, it's going to be Jazzy, Paul, not Hazaji, but either one. That's OK. Yeah. One of, he's fast, too. Yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> um, catch that, Pete, I don't think I, I caught him. I don't you know, I don't yeah. I don't like to interrupt Paul when he's on a roll like this I know here. just small but, mispronunciation, uh, Paul. Go ahead. It's, Sorry. His his Jazzy presents a go. dilemma. <laughs> presents a dilemma. A New York bred trained by Baffett. <clears throat> um, anyway, for, who? Uh, for me, <laughs> okay, because I always root for the New York breds. I know. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I I thought Speedboat Beach um, ran as you said, Howard. I thought he ran well. I didn't think he had any. Chance to win the sprint? No disrespect, Howard. I know. I just thought Elite Power was among the most likely winners on the day. But, but, um, and frankly, and let's call it the way it is, and Mike Smith's one of the greatest of all time, but at this point in their respective careers, this is a big jockey upgrade to Flavian Pratt. Ouch. Yeah. Money well, what, Mike in a grade one. Wow. I Look at, at, I at this point I, in their careers. Yeah, I agree. One, one Bill Kelly, guys, on the bottom oh, of the screen, 
Bill Kelly brings up a good point at the bottom of the screen. This is what I said. And Bill, you're correct. Heard all the horses from the Midwest have vanned in, but not able to work at San Anita due to track closures. No works since 1215 in Kentucky. They had some rain also in California, guys, earlier or late last week. So he is correct. And that's why, like a horse like Ray's Cane, which I'll talk about my my play here in a minute, I'd like a lot if it weren't for that. Um, but let me talk about this race, guys. Uh, I'm going to go full screen for emphasis. I have two strong opinions in this race, and they're very strong opinions. And I could be right or could be wrong. I am completely, completely against Speedboat Beach in this spot. I don't think this horse wants any further than six furlongs, and he is going to get pressed by Damon's Mound or the six or the seven. I, I don't like Speedboat Beach at all. He's going to be an extreme backup for me. The horse I really like, guys, and I am going to be playing a lot of my pick five around this horse, as you'll see on my picks, is the number seven, Hajazi. I love Hajazi in this spot, and I'll tell you why, guys. When he won last time, he he was in hand the last 16th. Now, that was the race, guys. Paul, if you remember this, that was the last race on Friday, Breeders' Cup weekend, with a horse called Bus Buzz, who is a very fast California horse, who went to the lead. Hajazi uh, tracked, which I like a lot. Unfortunately, Bus Buzz got injured and had to be pulled up. He is okay. I think he had surgery. And it wasn't the toughest field. But, guys, I love the fact that he rated, really for the first time, off of speed. This horse cost $3.5 million. I love the fact he's outside the other speed, guys. I like J.J., I don't think Hajazi is going to the lead. And his workouts, again, I'm probably privy to more information than a lot of people out there. He has gotten B plus and A minus workouts. I know Baffer always works well, guys. His workouts, and I've seen them, have been unbelievable. It looks like he's learning to rate, guys. I think he's finally, um, you know, coming up to the talent of his price tag. I will be stone cold singling Hajazi in this race, I'm going to use others as stream backups. I'm just going to go for it here. I love Hijazi. Quick thoughts on this source. Either one of you know, move on. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Actually, on, on one of the, I was listening to the In the Money Media pod previewing this card and previewing the, the I think, all the races, or at least all the stakes races, and then the late pick five. I forget who it was. One of the Santa Anita guys who was on there talked about how Hijazi, prior to you know back in april back in early in the year was much smaller and just looked like a different horse and then when they came when he came back from sort of his little layoff here which has been substantial actually said he just looked bigger more filled out stronger and that's when he ran he ran that last race so i mean this was a a well thought of horse everyone expected this horse to be the next big thing and wasn't and now maybe if, like you said, if he sort of learned a little bit and he's filled out and he's just bigger and stronger late in his three-year-old year, then this could be his coming out party. So uh, I'm I'm 100% with you. I mean, I think Speedboat Beach is good enough to beat him on the square if if Speedboat Beach. But if one thing about Speedboat Beach is funny, if you think about a fast horse, we think of him as fast. All three of his wins, on or all three of his races on the dirt, I should say, none of them, they were all blue-coated time form. None of them were like super hot paces. So if this pace heats, pace heats up a bit, it'll yeah. be new territory for him. I mean, he's been where he's knocked heads a little bit, but it hasn't been like a super hot pace. And if Damon's mound goes, then if Hijazi can sit, then I think that's a nice pick. 
Yeah, that is that is my only concern. Raise Kane real quick, guys. This is the closer you want. The problem is, I just I don't know how talented he is, and I'm very concerned about the 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 ship, you know, uh, the van ride and etc. But if this pace melts down, Paul, I think Ray's Kane is the one's going to pick up the pieces late. I would agree. Yeah, uh, sprung a huge upset early in the year in the Gotham, which you know uh, put him on the Derby Trail, and then. You know, we, we saw him in the bluegrass where he lost to that monster, Tappet Trice. Um, and then uh, saw him in the Derby uh, where he actually ran respectable in the Derby. Beat, tw- uh, well, how many did he beat? Ten half home. The, yeah. Half the field. Yeah. more than half the field. I think it was field. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they ended up with 18, right? Because Forte so. had a hangnail. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> He is the type of horse who needs the right circumstance, Howard. But as you, uh, Howard, you're laughing. That was good. I'm glad to entertain you. That's why I'm here. Uh, he is. He does need the right circumstance. But to your point, if this, if they get crazy, and you know, with uh, Len Franco on top, uh, he will be coming. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great race. Um, it's interesting to see. I wish there were some more turnbacks in this race, guys, in a bigger field. But whatever. Anyway, it's a great one, so we'll enjoy it. Let's go on to race nine. Race nine. Let me go ahead and take the banner off the screen and bring up our race nine banner. Race nine. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. Paul and I are going at the four. Pete is going with the seven. It's the Sanita Mathis Mile Stakes Grade Two uh, for three year olds restricted. On the turf, $200,000, field of seven. Moreline favorite, slight favorite, the number four. Almendaris, a British spread for D'Amato and Pratt, two to one. Paul, you and I are going with this favorite. Yes, and I'm finally glad to be on the side of Uncle Howard. I was hoping we didn't get through the sequence going <laughs> against each other for all five races. It would have ruined my Christmas, New Year's, oh. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everything. I like being That's with nice Uncle call. Howard. Yes. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I just think um, most consistent, uh, best last race speed figure, best turf jockey, um, coming off a win, two for four in the U.S. Now, the two he lost were uh, graded stakes, and, and this is a graded stake, but I mean, isn't this a grade two in in name only? In looking at the PPs, I mean, you know, though the 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 one is is consistently run graded stakes, not not that well, but in the two. But I, I just think that uh, I don't love the race, but I think the four is the most likely winner. I agree. Um, I don't think he towers over the field. I think this is this is the kind of race that's very trip dependent. Um, but I think he's consistent. By the way, last time guys, he beat older that I get, I give a horse extra credit for that. A three-year-old, although this time of year, they're basically four anyway, but I, I do think that was an impressive win and really jumped up in the buyer as well, Paul, up to a 95 and a 118 time for him. So with any reasonable trip, I think the four is going to be very tough. Can I say something on the four? Oh, I was going to say, can I say something on the four real quick? Cause a couple things that just were. They were straddling the line of whether they're important or they don't matter at all. Was so the two wins in the U.S. both were with Lasix, but they also were at lower company, and they both were going, you know, a mile and a mile and a sixteenth, so a little bit shorter. So was it the Lasix? Was it the distance? Was it the company? And then the two losses were off Lasix, 
going a mile and an eighth. So was it the added distance that was the problem or was it the fact that they were both grade two races? There's just a lot going on in the differences mm -hmm. between the two wins and the two losses, which I was like, well, maybe I can squeeze away to beat a favorite if I'm looking at it that way and say, maybe if, if it was the Lasix that got them, then maybe that's a way to go against a favorite. But if it was just fact that it was better company and, and better horses and they weren't the best grade two races in the world, either they were pretty good. Yep. That was just a funny one to me because I'm looking at the different angles and, and they sort of either contradict each other or you can look at them in completely different ways, depending on how you want to see the horse and, and where you want to land on the horse. Pete, before I have you talk about the seven and Paul, you can talk about the seven also. I'm going to talk about one of my price plays of the sequence, guys. I am very, very interested in the number one, Reichwist. And let me explain why. And everyone knows me and knows out there I'm very happy to take chalk when I think it's warranted, but I also usually like to price shop. Reichwist has been the yin-yang kind of horse in his last four. He ran two races, one in the Twilight Derby and one four back that could absolutely win this race. And the other two ones he didn't run well. But guys, there were excuses. In both the races he didn't run well, he had trouble, was studied, was rank and had issues. The last race, guys, was completely ridiculous where the, the jock didn't really send. He was four wide. And then if you watch the replay, we're not going to watch the replay of that race. There's a horse in front of him, guys, that sort of like veered out in front of him and like on, on the backstretch. And he had like take up and then completely lost all his momentum. But if you go two back, he was very competitive. I just want to show the very stretch on the Twilight Derby with SEAL Team, who's a horse that actually had that day uh, again this was at, at Santa Anita watch oh we're not going to see the replay because there was an issue all right well anyway what you need to know is there were a bunch of horses coming out of that race guys that are in this race and although Reichwitz got a very good trip he was right there with all of them and the main thing I like about this horse two things and we'll move on there's not a lot of speed in this race and the time form has this one I believe on top if I remember correctly yeah. Yeah. And look, guys, there we go, Pete. Favors front runners with the one on the lead and the four pretty far back. Again, take that for what it's worth. But to me, that means something. Again, you see that ice cold favors front runners means they think it's going to be a slow pace. And not only that, guys, you want to talk about uh, jockey musical chairs, Paul. You just mentioned with, you know, Mike Smith a few races back. How about Irad taking over? For Vasquez, who Vasquez is a very solid rider. He's not Irad. I hope Yachtin tells Irad, just go to the lead. Don't mess around. Let's see how far you can take them. Guys, I don't think Reichquist is that much far off of the four Almanderas. He's me four times the price. Anyway, Reichquist is my price play of the entire pick five sequence. Pete, let's go to your top pick, number seven. Watsonville, who should show some tactile speed, probably right off of Reichwist and get the first jump, Pete. Yeah, yeah actually, it's funny because on Reichwist, I had the exact same feeling. So I, I was with you. That one was close to making my ticket because of everything you said. It's just a weird one when you see a horse that's got the low, the highest time form and you hope can get the lead, but has never been on the lead basically a step in most of in most of his races so it's always a funny True. proposition but going from the rail i agree with you 100 percent in a in a field that i think is kind of weak but i the reason i like watsonville is exactly what you said 
I, I think he can just sit off. And my note said basically should sit off whoever decides to get the lead. So I don't think Watsonville would get the lead, but I think Watsonville will sit right off. I think the cutback down to eight furlongs again could help this horse sustain the kick. I think in the last two going a mile and an eighth, they were bet it was better company as well, like some of these other horses have been in. I think he really, like, if you look at the race two back in the Twilight Derby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, time. really good horses. And even two back ran sort of a winning move, but then going that extra, that extra eighth of a yeah. mile or extra, you know, the extra distance might have sapped it out. And then was also running against pretty good horses. I'm figuring in a race like this, that's a little bit weaker. If he can get a trip sitting just off, then, then especially if it's, if Ryquist isn't good speed, but gets the lead and sort of inherits it. And Watsonville maybe is just better. We don't know because none of them yeah. are great. Then I think he could work out the best trip. That was the, again, the two back was the SEAL team was the Ryquist race. That yeah, can't same watch one. Because there yep. was an issue. I didn't know what to do with the seven. I respect the seven. He just didn't seem like he can, he finishes the way he should, finishes off races. So, and I also thought the distance in theory would help him, but he's sort of a grindy type while others like the four and six are like explosive late kickers. So I don't know. I have the seven in the mix. I think the seven can absolutely win. He might trip out, Pete. Uh, Paul, well, feeling- it, to me, it's trip in a race that I don't really love anybody. I'm with. I was sort of with with Paul, where everything was sort of lukewarm in this race. But I'm going with yeah. what I think might get the best trip, and could maybe outkick the because I think the six, like you mentioned, the six I think will be coming from further back, and I think the four, yeah. who doesn't break at all, doesn't really break much will also be coming from the back. So if you can get the jump and they just can't get to you, great. Or like you said, he doesn't finish and they roll right by him. Paul, I'm sure you feel the same way about the seven. I just feel like if seven's going to win, he's going to have to move a little bit sooner, Pete and Paul, and like get the jump on these closers because he is sort of a grindy horse. But again, like Pete said very eloquently, Paul, this might be your trip horse of this race, the seven. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, that, that race two back, um, he did get the lead maybe prematurely. He got run over in the stretch. And then yeah. that last race was really not bad. And that, that was a no. – Obviously, not only a grade one field, but a, a much better, much, much, much better field than this uh, with Web Slinger and Silver Knot and, and program trading. So, yeah, I have the seven on the A line in my uh, ABC. Okay. I might regret not having the seven on the A line. I might make a change. We'll see. I got to see what scratches. Guys, the last grade one, the last graded stake of the card is the penultimate leg of the pick five. It is race 10. It is the La Brea for the uh, three-year-old girls. It's the counterparts to the Malibu. They're going seven furlongs also. 300,000. This is also usually a real nice field. This year's uh, excuse me, this year's La Brea is a little bit mad to me. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what these guys think. It's a wide open betting line from the morning lines. The favorite is the number nine, clearly unhinged for McCarthy and Rispoli. Let's go to our banners and our picks. There they are. And again, what? Uh, sorry, race 10. My bad. Race 10. Uh, oh, look at this. We're out. Uh, We're all going with Howell, the number three for Cox and <coughs> Pratt. Uh, Pete, let's go to you first. Howell is a horse that I'm a little bit familiar with because I bet last time uh, at Laurel, this is for Al NJ Foxwoods. Those navy blue and gold silks, really like those silks. A very talented, lightly raced 
uh, Philly out of, by practical joke out of an Indian Charlie mare aptly named How. What do you like about this one, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the lightly race part. Well, I see you went on a limb by betting him the last out at Laurel at 40 cents. So so good yeah, on listen, you there, Howard. You nice. Know me, you know me. I'm, I'm a risk taker, Pete. <laughs> you were you were taking the Kyle route there with the with chalking it up. But they, although I'm I'm saying that and I think I picked every favorite in this whole every race we've talked about. So yeah, I don't exactly. I don't know. Yeah, my, I'm my picks are garbage today. Yeah, you don't have to. I know when the poo poo is on my face most of the time. The but I I think this one has upside, which again in in a in a horse like this, you know, you love practical jokes sprinting out of an Indian Charlie mare, which is even better. And I think this one's just super talented, and it's one of those horses that let's let this horse do what she does. She looks like she'll be a great sprinter and she is now. I don't know if she can, like you said, this is a really competitive field. We'll have to see if any of these jump up and become you know, high quality, really high quality grade one horses. I will see. So I think you got to see how they run here. If we can get a couple to run really big, but I think she has the opportunity. I mean, she's, she broke her maiden really, you know, she broke her maiden really impressively comes back in a stakes wins like a 40 cent horse is supposed to been working great since then it's Cox and Pratt. I mean, it, there's, there's not, a, there's not a lot not to like, and again, it's a practical joke out of Indian Charlie. So let's keep this horse sprinting and see how she progresses. I got a little uh, quick question. Side note, guys. I know we don't. I know it's horrible when horses break down or got issues. But Paul, can we can we not eliminate the replay to be able to be watched just because a horse like gets injured or break down? I just it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. It's a little annoying. I just wanted to go. On yeah, the side uh, right yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it, there's there could be some type of balance, you know, with the little editing. I mean, I I don't need to see the Maple Leaf Mel race ever, ever again. No, I hear um, you. But, but why but, not no, just like I, pick one second clip and then just show the rest of it? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. no, I I agree with you in principle that you could, you know, it would seem like you could edit out the breakdown. Uh, yeah, somewhat easily. You could even anyway. put a little disclaimer on the front and say there was a. You know, like a, a standard disclaimer yeah, that says yeah. there was something in this race. If you don't want to watch it, don't. You know, you could do something like that in case people forget that that there was something Six, wrong. Sixty minutes. That very objective news magazine had no problem showing three or four of them on TV, <laughs> and that very very well balanced objective report they put out a few weeks ago. I mean, of course, uh, breaks with his Stuart, leg. With Stuart Janney cheerleading for the opposition. Don't get me started. Let's move on. <laughs> If a horse breaks his leg and like falls, I get it. But if a horse is like pulled up, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, I'm not going to go up so longer on how I agree with everything you said, Pete. This is the up and comer. I know that this horse is shipping. I'm against shippers in general today at San Nita, but I think this one is very good. There's no way in hell we're getting four to one, by the way. I'd be shocked. And also at the bottom of the screen, you think Speed of the Horse likes the two? Actually, wow. <laughs> He's going all twos? I like it. Speed of the Horse. That must be his lucky number or something. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, Paul, do you want to add? Let, let's talk about Clearly Unhinged, who is Clearly Unhinged is favorite. form, yeah, formidable here. And and actually, you know, I one of the appealing, and I agree with you on how, but even if you got like three to one, I, I just think you, you're getting a relative price on an upside horse, as you and Pete talked about his uh, her upside. Yeah. Um, uh, clearly Unhinged. Uh, very consistent, um, you know, uh, speaking of breakdowns, you know, ran in that ill-fated test. So that's really a third, but was a head behind pretty mischievous who is 
probably going to be the three-year-old champion female, I would think. Um, So, I mean, you know, and, and, and had a ship to do it. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Michael McCarthy obviously thinks highly of the horse ran in the Philly and mayor sprint uh, was very much up against it in that field led by Goodnight Olive, who another couldn't lose horse. But uh, yeah, I, I think those are the two those would be, uh, if I were trying to get by with only two in a race, those would be two. Those would be my two A's in the sequence. Been working pretty sharp too, since that last, since the breeders cup Paul. She's been a couple of nice yes. work since then. So it looks like she's still in she's still in pretty sharp form. You guys also have the four and third, and we're gonna move on. I'm not gonna talk about the two very much, but I will say the two is JJ Pete Miller, uh, an improving sort who might wire this field if she can get the distance. I, I'm a little bit afraid of the two. I, it depends on the speed situation, but I wouldn't sleep on the two either in this race. I'm just gonna show we're not gonna talk, but you guys also have the four there a little bit in third, a nice uh calbred who is second off a layoff and should sit a nice trip. The LeBray is interesting. I think we all agree it's mainly 3-9 based on what I've seen, but I don't know. It's three old Phillies, guys. I don't just in general. I know it's later in the year. They're pretty much four-year-olds. But in general, I just don't trust, you know, sprint Phillies that are sprinting going seven at this age level. It just, I don't know. I've lost a lot of times. So I'm going to be spreading a little bit more than you guys, I believe. Let's go to last race, guys. The last race, there it is. You see on the bottom of the screen, this is a very, very tough race to close the sequence. It's not the highest quality race, but the racing secretaries are going to make it difficult on everyone. So let's go ahead to a very interesting last race right now. Our picks on the bottom of the screen. This is a main special on the turf, one mile for two-year-old fillies. Again, main special weight. It's a field of 12. Wow. And a very difficult field. Moreline favorite is number six. Respect the crown from Mullins and Berrios. And none of us are practically using the six at all. I'm going with the nine. A fair number. Paul is going with a price shot. First time starter. American Dream Maker, the 11. And Pete is going with the eight. Flight to quality. Wow, I don't know where to start. Pete, let's start with you. You're going flight to quality Great. with Irad <laughs> and D'Amato. Nothing wrong with that combination. Five to one Moreline. No, I like the combination. I'm, I'm excited to talk about the 11. I'm glad Paul picked picked that horse on top because I like that horse as well when we get to it. But yeah, this was a race I thought was just, I, I thought it was wide open. I had zero confidence. I think, you know, you always make fun of me, Howard. I think I had like five A's when I went through the first time. But this one, I just thought in the, in the debut probably was a little green at least showed some run broke slow to the point where the announcer was the one who said, and flight to quality struggles out of the gate or, or said something, which is never a good sign when you, when it's your horse making a debut. Fancy replays. I don't know what the hell's going on. Sorry, Pete. I just, no, that's okay. So this horse broke badly, moved up a little bit, but then sort of drifted back to last then showed some run late, was in that respect the crown race, didn't take any money at all, but there wasn't much pace. There wasn't a ton of pace there to close into. I feel like this one might get a little better with a little added distance, which we're not getting here. But I think in this one, if we can, if Irad can just break a little better, get this horse at least a little bit closer, you know, it's a D'Amato horse is going to improve. D'Amato 26% wins with second time starters in turf routes um, at this level, at the maiden special weight level. So in a race that I don't really love anybody, I think this one maybe just had a little bit of the worst of it on debut 
and could maybe turn that around with just a little bit of a better trip. And you're getting Irad to do that with. So uh, I'm not mad at that. And it's a D'Amato horse, which is even better. Yeah, bred very well. And, you know, yeah. Irad's not going to stick around the last race, Pete on a horse that can't win. I think that's something people need to at least consider. So uh, I think the eight is interesting. I I'm using him, even though you don't see him in my, or her in my top three, Paul, you're going with the 11. I looked at the 11 very closely. This is Rispoli, Michael McCarthy. This is an American Pharaoh Philly out of a tappet uh, mare chocolate souffle. Very interesting. Not getting a lot of love though, in the morning line, 15 to one. Yeah, so uh, some numbers for my friend Pete. Uh, American Pharaoh with two-year-old uh, first-time starters is only 10%, but American Pharaoh, as we know, has become a much better uh, turf uh, sire. Um, there is a, This horse is a half to a horse that has two wins on turf. And Michael McCarthy with uh, two-year-old first-time starters on in turf roots is 20% on the win end. How's that, Pete? I love it. I love it. The only one I, um, I, I added that I had with you was McCarthy, four for 10 on the win end, six for 10 on the money with first-time starters and turf routes in the past five months. So it's been even a little hotter lately with, yeah, with and, these types. You, know, so. you, you, you add in Rispoli, who's very good with McCarthy. They were winning at 28% at Santa Anita this year. And, you know, I want in this type of field, I absolutely want a price. I mean, I'm five deep in a caveman. I'll be deep in the race. But yeah, uh, as far as playing the race, 15 to one, I'm in. Paul, I don't know if I'm, I'm, what I'm about to do is illegal, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here's the DRF clock report comments. Are you ready for this, Paul? You're sitting down. On November yeah. 6th, acting quite green early, running in place with a C workout. Obviously, not very good, right? December 11th workout, another C, still very green, slow start, no match for real queen. However, December 19th, the last workout, notice a B as in boy workout, Paul. Noticeable improvement with Rispoli in the irons. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Paul, thoughts there? <laughs> You like that, uh, right? I'm, I'm, I'm still in. Yes, I like it a lot. I, it is, uh, it, it is noteworthy. You know, a jock working a, a two year old first time starter. You know, that's not an accident. That's McCarthy wanting him to ride. You know, and and maybe you know we don't know. We'll assume it was exercise riders in the other works. You know, maybe that was it. You know, maybe he wanted to, but uh, so obviously Rispoli knew he would be riding the horse. In yeah. the debut, so yeah, let's uh, let's end it with a fifteen to one shot. Well, this is what this is one of those ones that'll be funny because you, you're looking, going, "Oh, nice fifteen to one shot! I can't wait." And then when the yeah. race opens, the horse will be two to one, and you're like, "Yeah, he'll go oh, from." I guess everybody knows. To, yeah, yeah, I yeah, guess everybody yeah. knows. <laughs> Aggravate me, Pete. Hey, Paul. The last comment in that workout that I just mentioned: ears pricked on the runout. Just want to mention that was the last workout guys. Here's my feeling on this race. I'm, I know I have the five and third. I'm probably going to change my pick horses like respect the crown that are over three that just sort of math, the number five visually, maybe a little bit better. These horses that have run several times, but it run like mid sixties. They don't do it for me guys. I want. I, I, I could see you not liking the six hour when I watched the race. Cause that horse got the God trip in that sixth, and then got Perfect. blown by, by a horse 
So it, it's one of those where I know you like those kind of to look at those oh. kind of things where you look at that and go, that horse should have won for fun with the trip, the trip that she got in that last one and, and didn't run badly, but just should have held and didn't I improve she much. She was three to two and nine to five and losing. That's what right? I mean. Yeah. Burn a little I, I bit just, of money. No, yeah. I, the six yeah. people are going to have the six. Sorry. Guys, a fair, the number nine is really interesting to me, okay? Mandela, we all know, is not great first out. The source was on the dirt. It was a small field, but lost to Grazia, who's a nice horse. Look at the breeding on the nine. This is a horse uh, by Run Happy, who does very well on the turf, out of a blame mare scandal. Now, scandal wasn't much. I mean, obviously, it took her time to broke to break uh her maiden she wasn't like a superstar or anything obviously but she was distance in turf and to me that matters guys i think that race was simply a prep for the nine i love that flavian's on this horse i know it's going to lower the price if flavian works out a trip for a fair i think a fair is very very interesting probably more like nine to two and the other one i like is sea dancer now i know i just said i don't like over threes over fours but Paul, I know you're going to agree with this, and Pete, I assume also. When this horse was losing, it was on the East Coast, and those horses are just better. She was in a stake race. Her race last time was not great, but now this is the Tory and Yachtin. I think we're going to see a step up for Sea Dancer here. So I'm using the ten. I'm going to take a look at the eleven, Paul. I just really don't want the five and six guys in general. I know I have the five and third. I think the five is the best of the horses that have run like out of that grouping. But in general, I'm against those horses. Pete, I might even use your eight also. Uh, it's a wide open race. I just don't want the five and six. That's my final thoughts. Guys, final thoughts on this race, and then we'll show our pick fives. No, well, a, Howard, you I showed the all. scandal lifetime PPs. I think uh, I had that noted. Interestingly, Scandal was one for 16 on turf, but 13 for 16 in the money. Yeah. So, um, a lot of seconds yeah. on that sheet, Paul. A lot of, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of yeah, the there, yeah. type of horse you want to own, as they say, Pete. Yeah. Yes. Um, Howard, are you, uh, uh, are you heartened by the fact that that one horse you like, what was it, Requist, that yeah. I'm wearing the Nyquist hat today, oh. coincidentally? Are you heartened? <laughs> yep. That's why I like it. Interesting angle there. I saw it. I, I, Saw Nyquist a few weeks ago, and I made my oh. Kentucky trip. He's part of that uh, murderer's row in the Dolly Stallion barn with essential quality, Medallia d'Oro, et cetera, Street Sense, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But, uh, yeah, so I, I, I hear you, Howard. And that, uh, we're thinking the same way. You know, you don't want the five and the six, um, both of whom will take action, presumably, especially the six. Yeah. One of the reasons why I landed on the 11, I agree. I don't think we're getting 15, Pete, but um, I, I do think that this is the type of race that a horse like the 11 wins. Doesn't mean the 11 is going to win this one, but on paper, it's the type of race. I yeah. might just go 9, 10, 11. Hey, Pete, before, I, I'm going to show Paul's pick five. Can you look up McCarthy's stats first time? out on turf for me going a route going a route a ground first time turf route two year old two year old first time starters last turf, five years route 20 percent 20 percent i have yeah. well i have first times well not two year olds but first time starters in turf routes time. is 13 only 27 percent in the money but i guess if you change it to Okay. Change it to two year olds. Yeah. Then it jumps bad. to then it jumps to twenty percent. So wow. Okay. Yeah. I might just go nine ten. Actually, hold on real quick. Just just, just second career start. Oh, uh, dirt to turf. 
No, no, that's not. No, no. no By the way, no, 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 wrong scene. Turf, two year olds, first time maiden roots. Is that what we're talking? Yes. Six for 30, 20%. By the way, it's funny though. The not bad. Three for five wins if you add JJ Hernandez to the mix. So you get, but you it's get not three JJ, for five it's for Spoli, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at, I'm uh, sorry. I was. Yeah, you're right. I was well, looking Pete, at it's the Python, no, no, no. Pete. It's Umberto, Pete. I was looking at McCarthy at Oratium just because that was the first McCarthy that was up in okay. front of me. So I was looking at him for a different horse. My apologies. All right. So the 11 interesting horse in the last race, guys. By the way, three Gerwig, real quick, just to stretch out from five furlongs to a mile. That horse might just like the added distance just for a, a either an, an underneath play or maybe just, hey, this race three. is a crap yeah. show. I just yeah. wanted to mention that one because it's the only yep. one going from. First two were at five and was sort of a little bit too far back. So and and has a weird time form buyer discrepancy going yes. on there. So that's, just wanted to mention Gerwig, that one. The number Gerwig. three Gerwig at yeah. six to one for Yachtine. Also, that's a kitten's joy out of kitten's a joy? forestry. There's a lot of sprinting on the dam side, so that's why I wasn't sure. It was a weird one. Yeah, it was joy. a weird one. Yeah, picking up picking up Paul's yeah. guy Junior. So. All right, let's go through our pick five tickets, guys. Let people get back to their handicapping and their day. Paul's pick five on the bottom of the screen, $90, four, five, six, with two, three, seven, with four, seven, with three, nine, with six, eight, nine, 10, 11, 90 bucks, uh, uh, Paul, excuse me. Yeah, you could tell how much I liked that last race, despite my talking up the 11. I want some uh, protection. And as I mentioned, uh, the races I would try to get by, are in the uh, they're in the middle of the sequence. Uh, not getting by with a single though. I do not think this is a single type sequence. So trying to get by too deep in the ninth and tenth, and then uh, have decent coverage at the beginning and, and wide open in the end. There's Matt Mello. He he is a, a a disciple, a faithful member of the flock. Yes, he says he'll be using top pick from each of the three of you if I can't get. By with my team of horse whispers picking the race. It wasn't meant to me. By the way, Matt cashed big on Spirit Wind, guys, on Saturday at Gulfstream and was very uh, happy to let uh, me know that. So just want to pass that on to you guys. Congrats with Spirit Wind winning the Sugar Swirl, right? Three to one. Was that house three to one? Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. Um, All right. So Paul's going deep in the last race. Totally get it. There you see Paul's ticket. Let's go to Pete's ticket. Right now, Pete is going. Santa gave him an extra eight dollars, similar to Paul. He, they both must know that Santa guy personally. Pete's going four six seven with two three seven with four six seven with three nine with three five eight eleven. Pete, yeah, my ticket sucks in the sense that it's very chalky, which I don't like. So we need that eleven to win the to win the last race, Paul. But yeah, in in the first leg, I just went with sort of the logical ones that we talked about, and then. The thing that I probably wouldn't do is in the second leg for the caveman purposes, I have Fort Bragg, Speedboat Beach, and Hijazi. That probably doesn't make the most sense just from a value standpoint. But from a caveman ticket, those are the three that I think have the best shot to win the race. Went a little the same thing in the ninth. I mean, I have half the field almost, and I like Watsonville, but I think it's, it's pretty much wide open. I didn't include Howard's one, which I would do as sort of a B level horse and i just i like howl and i like clearly unhinged in the in the 10th in the la brea so i went a little skinnier there and then the last leg which i think is wide open i had the horse gerwig that we we touched on a little bit ago flight to quality and then american 
dream maker. And then I threw in the five visually that we didn't talk a ton about that horse, but I was another one. And I just sort of tossed respect to crown and we hope we can get around. Hopefully that horse is the favorite and we can get around, around her. I think. Very interesting. Here's my pick five. And I have a question to end the show guys about ticket structure in this pick five, because I think it's an interesting conversation. I might make a switch. Uh, a single for me, guys. What do you think? You said you were stone cold at yes. the Jazzy, so yeah, a juicy. There you go. I'm yeah. I'm going to New York Baffert, guys. Um, here's my pick five: four, five, seven, with seven, with one, four, six, seven, with two, three, four, five, nine, with five, nine, ten, and I might switch that to nine, ten, eleven. I have to think about it. Ninety dollars. Guys, here's my thinking, and then I have a question for the two of you and anyone out there listening and watching. I love to hear your opinions on this ticket structure. First of all, Hijazi, guys, I want to spread in some other races, and I had to find a single. And Hijazi is not going to be like a big favorite at all. And I, I'm just going to go for with Hijazi. I'm using others in maybe C. Yes, there's a few others that can win. I don't like the shippers in that race. I think it's going to be one of the Bafferts. And I don't like Speedboat Beach. And so now I'm down to two. And again, why double your ticket? when one will do for me. So I'm going to just single Hijazi and hope that he gets the job done. Um, I'm, you can see I'm spreading a lot in, in the La Brea and then I'm going only three deep in the last race. So guys, here's my question from a ticket structure standpoint, because I think this is interesting and it's not really based on handicapping. It's more based on math. If I only go three, nine in the La Brea, who I think are the two most likely winners but I don't have a lot of confidence. If I do that for my ticket, right now I'm five by three, right? That's $15 in the last two legs. If I only go two deep, I can go seven or eight deep and almost buy the turf race on the end. So what do you think is a better strategy for me? Going sort of more chalky in the La Brea, not getting a price and hoping to get a price in the last race or spreading in the La Brea where I think most people are going to go three, nine, and I maybe can get a decent price in that race and just taking more chances of going thinner in the last race thoughts for me and any people out there on that topic of conversation. Paul, you want to tackle that one first? Yeah, I would go, well, I look at my ticket. My ticket will answer your question. I, I, I think, All right. um, I think you need the coverage uh, more in the last race. Yeah, I think the, the horses in the La Brea look to be a little more reliable. So if you're leaning on a couple, at least you assume they're going to run well, whereas the ones in the last race, I think that one's just sort of a crapshoot. So I'd rather take the chance and go deeper there. But I don't think it's a cut and dry. Your answer is your answer. I think it's very specific to this sequence and these two races. And if you do think you can lean on those two in the La Brea, great. I assume you would play some of the other three that you have as backups in an ABC scenario. So, but again, if you're just someone who plays caveman, I mean, that's usually the biggest decision you have to make. Which one do you go deep in? Which one do you go a little skinnier in? And well, the, the problem though, is like, if I'm using the, I'm the five is six to one, but like the six I hate. So why am I using them? Like, like, I mean, so I guess you oh, could nice. say, well then throw yeah, in yeah. others in there, but like, why use middling to lower price horses that you don't like rather than going with horses like six to one, like the nine and 10, or maybe even the 11 and just sort of taking a stand and just trying to get to the last race. Then you can always back up with doubles. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. I'm really not sure what I'm going to do, to be honest, guys. 
Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's a tough choice because, well, so in the La Brea, though, the ones that you added, would you go five deep? And did you add horses that you really, really liked with a shot to win? Or did you just add yeah. some because you thought the top two were maybe a little vulnerable? I don't think anyone stands out in that race. Yeah. And you're, you're, I think three is the most, is the most talented, but it's the first time she's shipping. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. How good is the nine really? I mean, eh, I don't know. I think Nobody's great. Actually win the five. I there's a little, a little, there's a little buzz on, on Royal Spa. I've, I think it's Royal Spa, the five. I think it's Iran that race. I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of strong opinions in the last race either, other than I don't like, certain horses and in La Brea there aren't any horses that I don't like right so it's but it is a smaller field so in theory the turf race is going to get a bigger price I don't know that's a great thing about these puzzles I don't have to think about it we can uh, go a little skinnier in the earlier ones too even if in the first and third leg I don't know <laughs> there you go now yeah. I listen he might be right guys I'm mean, gonna just play the pick three instead um because the other races are a lot of fun and you know so um anyway Let's see. I'm just looking at some other comments here. Um, all right. Let, let's go ahead and end the show, guys, because we're getting a little late on time here. Let me bring up the banner, and then I'm going to – well, I'll let you close out. Pete, thoughts about uh, anything else today? What Gulfstream is running today? Uh, anything else uh, later in the week? Because you're not going to be with us on Thursday. So final thoughts for the week. And, Pete, this is our official – final happy new year for you since you won't be with us on thursday yes happy new year to everyone i won't i won't talk to anyone on the show or, or at least you know on screen like this until after the new year so i hope everyone has a happy and safe new year and today's a great day i mean santa need on like like paul said it's tuesday and you're you're betting races but i mean it doesn't get much better than that i haven't looked ahead to the weekend but i'm sure that Gulfstream that Gulfstream card is probably I mean, I looked, I saw that there were a bunch of graded stakes. I saw that there's some quality in there. So I'm upset that I'm going to be missing that one, but you know, I'll be celebrating my birthday with the family. So happy new year to you guys. Happy late Christmas to anyone who we didn't get to talk to on our last show. And we'll see you guys in the new year, 2024. We will Pete. Thanks, Paul. Final thoughts on Gulfstream. Like I said, is running today. Final thoughts on any other uh, news stories out of Christmas. Anything else you want to share? Yeah, I'll be, I think, focusing my play on Santa Anita today. I really haven't looked at Gulfstream. Unless they have, what I'm hoping is I'm looking for them to have a card with 12 five furlong Tapita races. And then I'll definitely play because those races really are enjoyable to handicap and play. But if they if they can't go with all Tapita, um, then I guess I will just stick to Santa Anita where they're running on dirt, not plastic. They are off the turf at uh, Gulfstream. A lot of rain. I guess. Oh, that's more Tapita. Oh, no. oh, and there's a mandatory payout in the Woodbine Mohawk Super High Five in the last race. I always play those. Love way. Super High Fives, Paul. The best. <laughs> always play. Always go all in the last leg of the Super High Five, no matter what you do. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, my final thoughts are I love this card at Santa Anita every year. This year's card I rate it like a BB minus. I just wish the field sizes were bigger, but there's a lot of talent running. I may or may not be playing in a contest today also for Santa Anita. So uh, a live money contest. Oh, uh, where so is I, that Howard? Where, where, where would that be? The express bus. Oh, maybe you I like contests. after the show, Paul, you want to stay I like on? Contesting. I like, I like contests. Paul, you want to stay on after the show? We'll talk. Sure. All right. We'll stay out to Pete. You're of course, welcome. Of course as well. Um, 
And I'm really excited about Thursday's show, which I will tout and then we'll end the show. And by the way, again, Pete and Paul, our viewership today has been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much, everyone out there uh, for joining us. Thursday, we are, well, tomorrow, Ben and Boozin, first of all. They're going to have a really good show covering Santa Anita Friday with two stakes. The Saturday card at Gulfstream, yours truly will be there, of course. The Saturday card, we're going to have Brian Nadow, fantastic handicapper. He's been on the show with us before. Um, he is the simulcast handicapper for Gulfstream. Uh, he's going to be joining us uh, in Florida. I will be in the hotel uh, in Florida. And actually, Kyle Roscoe will be helping with the hosting in place of Pete with some of the logistics and whatnot. But ladies and gentlemen, the Saturday Gulfstream card, the last four races, Paul and Pete, oh, my giddy aunt. Holy cow. That is an unbelievable Four stakes, including the best horse in trading. Oh, 2024 horse of the year is running, right? I mean, come on now. I mean, Connor is running, yeah. Um, but that that late pick four, oh my goodness, what a very difficult sequence that is. So, for that's it, we'll see everyone tomorrow, Ben Boozen, or us, except for Pete Thursday again. Pete, happy birthday for my co host, Pete Visco. Paul Haller, and this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 320 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. Crush your bets on opening day at the great race place in Arcadia, California, San Anita. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.